Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. It is Wednesdale. Every time I go to get my shirt to get ready for this show, I have this little paranoia. Damn, I'm going to wear the same shirt I wore last time because I can't remember which one it was. I take that amount of care and I put it somewhere else. <laughs> hey, how do you take your coffee? Um, I really don't care because I just chug it. I gave him the shoulder to beat him into the port of john and then I stood in there for about 15 minutes to catch my breath because I just about had a heart attack. I told those guys, Bill Jarrett and Tart and Rick Allen, like, y'all are going to have to tether me to the floor when we get to <laughs> Chicago because I'm just so, so excited. same shirt. Yeah, That's like the first, it's the first thing you said, right? I know. I came in today and I'm like, did I wear this shirt last <laughs> Welcome not. to NASCAR America presented by Mobile One. Another Wednesday with Dale Jr. Both Dales, in fact, today, our Hall of Famer Dale Jarrett with us too. And guys, yesterday was Kyle Petty's first show back since the uh, birth of his baby boy. And I don't want to belabor, pardon the pun, belabor, nice. uh, the baby talk. But it's the first time I've seen you since Isla was born. Anything new she's doing this week? Yeah, you know, she's starting to smile at us, which is great. Uh, she, she was smiling in her sleep all the time. But now when we, uh, like when I, you know, she's, she's resting in her little rock and play. And I'll hear her moving and, and waking up, and I'll go over there to see her, and she starts smiling. It's so cool. Um, it, it's like the very beginning of that, that first little bit of interaction that we're having, and I know she recognizes me. So that's a great feeling, and it makes you look forward to what you know what's next. And the more you know, she does something new every week. So yeah, when she's old enough, she'll give you that smile so she can get in your wallet a little bit. But <laughs> I understand the thrill of that. That's great. There's nothing better than those times when you know that they're recognizing your voice and your face. Yep. Uh, so much fun. I know. I know. And I know, folks, if you're out there, you're like, I don't want to hear about the babies anymore. Some of you are like, no, keep talking because <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, it's something anyone can relate to out there. Right, as a parent, yeah. How exciting that is. It's so. pretty cool. She started to, it's first, uh, she's now like, being able to be kind of calmed down by rattlers and things mm -hmm. like that. So yeah. I swear it's, it's something every day <laughs> she learning. learns something new. She is learning yeah. something new, yep. And we're going to learn some new things today. Lots to talk about as NASCAR prepares for its first road course race of the year. Coming up on Wednesdale. I, I sound very Southern, don't I, when I say Wednesdale? That's a good thing. That's good. That's a good thing. Yeah. Junior, yeah, Junior has bragged about his ability to remember past races he's been in. We're going to test his memory in Wednesdale trivia. And we'll also break down NASCAR's summer stretch which can really affect a team's playoff hopes. And while Ryan Blaney's Irish vacation was surely awesome, we're gonna show you why getting back home may be his biggest adventure. All of that leading up to this weekend at Sonoma. Cup Series driver David Reagan had an interesting take on the current state of road course racing in NASCAR. He says you don't have as many guys spinning out making mistakes as we did 10 years ago. I feel like 25 guys are really good when we go to Sonoma and when you see short track guys, like a Martin Truex or Kevin Harvick or Kyle Busch, they're really good at Sonoma without having that road course background. I just think all the drivers have worked on their road racing skills. We love David Reagan. Did you guys know he's a Harley guy? 
David no, Reagan owns a Harley. I would never think that. He owns a Harley. I know he was on Kyle's ride. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I, okay, so real quick, and it's totally off the subject, but because you mentioned it. So he and Jacqueline, his wife, went on the ride for the first time last year. They loved it. They literally bought a bike. They said, we're going oh, again. Oh, really? Bought a bike, and then they were on the ride this year, so nice. they're hooked. Yeah. yeah, I really like what he's saying here, and I think it's very true. And Dale, you can tell us, too, as, as, as far as you go back in the sport with, with road course racing, I feel like that not only is the emphasis more on the drivers to prepare and learn how to ro become road course racers, you know, the cars, there's a lot more emphasis on the cars too. Yeah. You know, all the cars are so much more similar and there's a lot more dedication to preparing the cars for these particular races. It's almost like there's as much effort into putting a good road course car on the track as we put speedway cars like Daytona mm -hmm. Talladega cars on it. We spend a couple months getting our Daytona 500 car ready. Yeah. I think the same emphasis is put in those two road course races and the cars that will be in those races. And now the Roval at Charlotte being a very important race in the playoffs, yeah. these road course races are even more important. But the drivers have a lot of different tools at their fingertips today. Uh, simulations and not only the manufacturers have simulators, there's iRacing that you can have a simulator in your own home that you can spend hours and hours of practicing on. I remember uh, a couple years into my tenure at Hendrick Motorsports, I was asked to go fill in at a road course test at Road Atlanta for Jimmy Johnson. He had tested the first day and couldn't test the second day. And I was nervous. This is, I'm testing for Jimmy Johnson, seven-time <laughs> champion. Man, I'm, I better be ready. You know, Chad Knauss and all those guys, they expect perfection. So I spent hours racing on iRacing at Road Atlanta. And when I showed up, I was right on top of Jimmy's times from the day before, and wow. they didn't know how. They couldn't believe, yeah. like, how did you, how, you've been here before, and I was like, never seen it. But I went online and raced online on iRacing, and it literally was like deja vu when I got out on the actual track and tested. Did you know, that? I was gonna jump in real quick, no. the simulator, did you know, like, when you got out there, hey, it's gonna be this, or as you're driving, you're like, wow, this really is the it, same. It's so similar, it's visually so similar. And the other thing, too, that helps is, all the, sh you know, you can basically, the iRacing software and some of the simulators for the manufacturers are so technical and realistic that they can create the perfect shift point. So I'll shift into, you know, the same mm. gears at the same spot on the racetrack and I'll need to be in the same gear in, the, in every corner as, as I would from the simulator to the real, real world experience. And so those are things that you don't have to learn when you show up. I don't have to spend the first half of the day learning the track, learning where the shift points are, learning what gear to be in, learning how hard I can break into the corner. Yeah. I already know it. And literally, it transfers over into real life so much easier these days with how realistic these simulations are. Wow. I, I, two things come. My, road Atlanta is a tough road course yeah. to, to race on. But then the other, I could have saved myself and a lot of car owners a lot of money <laughs> if I'd have had some of that. Maybe I still would have torn stuff up. But, yeah. but learning on the job, so to speak, that was one of the hardest things because I had never road raced in my life. And I, it's something that I wholeheartedly agree with everything you said about the equipment. The cars are so much better now than when we started. You know, whenever I got started in the Cup Series full-time in 87, there were a couple of good road racers, and because, you know, and I think of, of Mark Martin, uh, Ricky Rudd, uh, Rusty Wallace, you know, those guys, Daryl was good at it too. When you think about them, but Jack Roush brought something totally new into the sport a little later in, in the 80s and, and early 90s, and you talk about Mark and how good he was. Their equipment was a little better because they understood road racing a little more. Now everybody has all of that. I can remember going and 
one of the upsets that, and not toot my own horn, but I sat on the pole in 2001, I believe, at Watkins Glen. Should never happen. I wasn't a road racer. Couldn't do it. It should never happen. But we got a, some brakes. We'd been up there testing. Boris said, help me. And he said, look, you're not getting in the corner far enough. And he drove my car. He said, well, you can't get to the corner. Your brakes aren't good enough. We went back. Todd Parrott got me some brakes. I went up there and sat on the pole and led some race stuff spun out. And so, but that's the kind of things that, that got better. Well, no, that's the facts. And so, um, it, with the equipment being so much more equal, I think it puts the emphasis on the drivers now to prepare and to make themselves better because all the equipment is good. You have to separate yourself somehow, and that way is by the driver becoming better. And uh, with all of the, the transmissions, the brakes, all of that stuff being better, then I think that makes the competition closer. Yeah, I raced at, you know, Charlotte, for example. I raced at Charlotte Motor Speedway a lot of times in my career. And after a few trips, I felt like I'd learned about all I could learn about getting around the track. Mm -hmm. But every time I went to Sonoma, I felt like I got better at getting around that track, yeah. even after the 20th trip. Yeah. I can every all the way to the last race I ran at Sonoma, I was still learning things to make me better there. Yeah. And it's it's because we don't really do a lot of road course racing that that happens at that particular track. Um, but again, I, I go back to the simulators that the manufacturers have, uh, the simulators you can have at your home. Yeah. There's they're, they're, that resource is so valuable, particularly at the road courses. Yeah. For and guys to talk about road course ringers, Bor said and Ron Fellows and, yeah. and some other guys coming in. One of the things that helped them, yeah, they were better because they did it all the time, but they also would tell the teams they were going to drive for, they would drive these cars and say, hey, there's a lot better braking and other things out there yeah. that you can do. And so they had, they came in and they had better equipment, which made them look even that much better yeah. than what we were. And so they had an advantage. But now, you know, as years went on, all the equipment got better yeah. and they weren't as big of a ringer. In. Those guys would bring in like, hey, you know, this is a package that we, you know NASCAR doesn't have, yeah. but it'll break. It'll give me a better ability yeah. to break into. And that all trickled down to the other teams. Now, yeah. you know, all this information that the road course ringers would bring in, as far as not only setups but parts and pieces, yeah. that stuff trickled down to all the teams. Now everybody has it. Yeah. You know, and it really makes all the guys you know, be able to showcase their ability. It's kind of like strategy, too. You know, at first, when, when people started understanding road course strategy of basically taking a race from the last lap mm -hmm. and working backwards as to how you could get there, um, the people that came up with that at first were genius. You know, they, they had a huge advantage, and it took a while for everybody to catch on. They were thinking, well, they just got lucky that time. Well, they got lucky again. Well, no, all of a sudden, it's not luck. It's a great strategy. But once everybody figured that out, you didn't have an advantage anymore. Well, and you've said, Junior, that your fans used to, you would hear from them, and they used to dread when yeah. a road course race would come up, but then something sort of clicked or changed. What 2014? What did you guys do something different? What? what yeah, happened actually, we tried to doubt. This is a. Um, You're laughing already. Oh yeah, <laughs> we. So we would really work ourselves to death going and testing at Road Atlanta or Virginia or somewhere to learn all we could, to try to be, you know, everybody was testing. If you're, if they're testing, we've got to test, you know, we've got to stay up with, you know, keep up with everybody and try to learn everything we can. You're taking a brand new car to Sonoma, you got to go down the street and cut a couple laps at Virginia and make sure everything's good, you know. Mm -hmm. Make sure at least the brakes are working the way you want and also learn a few things if you can with drive-off and so forth. So we would do that every year, and it didn't seem to matter. And uh, finally, the last... Uh, this season here, actually, uh, we decided not to test. Steve Latarch says, we're not going to go anywhere and test. And I was on, on the phone with him. I'm like, man, 
I think this is a great idea. <laughs> I'm like, I know this sounds like we're not preparing or working to prepare, but maybe we don't need, you know, not seem, or this doesn't seem to be helping us get yeah. better and we're working ourselves crazy. So this gives the guys a little time off and we go into this weekend refreshed. Um, we ended up having a great car and having a great race. It was my first top five at Sonoma in my career. I'd never finished better than 11th until this race. Our car was great. We were happy. We had a great time. So happy that, you know, we would often win a race and, and uh, in this particular time in my career, we won a handful of races and we would always go back to the house and party. You know, the whole team would come over and we would have a late night. And uh, after this race, I got out of the car and I said, this is like a win for me, Steve. He goes, like a win for me too. You know, <laughs> um, I was like, if, you know, the whole team's excited. I said, if you guys are ready and willing, we'll, we'll meet up at the house. And so this is a West Coast flight home. So they met, we met up at the house at four in the morning, five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and we, we stayed up and partied till about two in the afternoon yeah. on Monday. Uh, just so happy about running so well there, having not, you know, prepared the way we usually did. And uh, it was, uh, I don't think we tested road courses after that. And we ran really well those final few seasons. My, like you say, my fans would write me and go, we're not dreading these races anymore like we used to. You know, we're kind of excited. You're, you know, I would always talk myself down like I don't know how to run road courses, and uh -huh. they would say, you know, we're kind of looking forward to them now. You've been pretty good the last couple trips. So an interesting strategy, but it worked. Yeah, hey, whatever works, and that's the thing about this sport in particular. No, every other sport, basically, and we have a winner, but it's not like you look at it that you have a winner and it's not 39 losers. Even though, yeah, you're not getting a trophy, just you're talking about there. I remember explaining, trying to explain this to Joe Gibbs as he was coming into the sport. I said, hey, I know every weekend that you either have a win or a loss. Sometimes a fifth or a tenth is a pretty good day in this sport, regardless, yeah. determined by something that may have happened, a bad handling car, a flat tire at the wrong time, something like that. So keeping things in perspective helps you. But, you know, having a party for a top five, I like that idea. You know, that's a good way to keep the guys going. At, starting at 5 a.m. Yeah. yeah, I didn't see myself winning a road course, so we might as well celebrate a top three, right, a podium finish. Well, as we do each Wednesday with Dale Jr., we're taking your fan questions. So if you have something to ask Jr. or any of us here at the Big Oak Table, send it on social media with the hashtag Wednesdale. We'll answer some of those questions during the show. And the Dale Jr. Download Podcast gives you a front row look and listen into what's on Junior's mind each week. We'll tell you why tomorrow is a milestone for the Download and Junior Nation. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Welcome back. The Dale Jr. Download is one of the most popular podcasts in sports. And tomorrow, The Download makes its television debut right here on NBCSN. Catch it each Thursday at 530 Eastern right after NASCAR America. Here's a look from this week's episode. So I've had some mechanical ability, you know, building race cars. And a lot of that stuff does transfer over to you know, working at home and, fi you, know, you know, fixing the odd jobs around the house and, and, and repairing things. Same, te same techniques and, and ideas and process and planning. And I just never s really tried. I would see things around the house and go, that's broke. Got to get a guy to fix that. Or damn it, got to replace that. Now I look at something and go, how can I fix that? And man, why haven't I fixed that? You know, so I've been working on all kinds of them odd jobs around my house, making these giant long lists. I'm going down to our property in Key West 
uh, and fixing additional things, you know, that I think I know I can fix. And uh, that's been fun. You know, it's been fun trying to keep things up, you know, around my own property and so forth. Because especially with this and that, you know, going on and on here, but I've had this whole chunk of time while Fox has been broadcasting the races, waiting on the NBC deal to start. I've had a lot of time to take a look around and really take stock in where where my property's at, where my house is, what state what's what state of you know, repair this is in and that's in and, and take take note, you know, and, and think about, you know when when I was racing and you were going from track to track to track to track and you were only home for a couple of days, you'd look at things and go, Well, I mean, I need to get somebody to fix that and I gotta I'll just yeah, I'll just put that on the side. Oh, it's been broke for eight years, what the hell, I'll just leave it. Now I'm like, hey man, I can fix these things. You know. Yeah. Now I'm back outside you know, enjoying this area that I've not even put any, you know, spent any time, you know, keeping up. It's just interesting. Download premieres tomorrow at 530 Eastern right after NASCAR America. We're going to get to a fan question. My question, of course, was does, did the thing that's been broke for eight years get fixed? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, that was yeah. my question. We're fixing a lot of stuff. Okay, we're going to ask a fan. I mean, you've got something too, but let's get Alfredo. <laughs> yes. has a, Alfredo has a question. Uh, are you excited that your Dale Jr. download will now be a TV show. Yeah, I am. I mean, this is uh, what you hope that happens if you start a podcast or anything that like that and, and cultivate it over a long period of time. You hope that maybe it turns into something cool and, and we'll see how it translates over to TV. We've been doing a lot more video clips this year and we've actually had them on NASCAR America throughout uh, some of the weeks. And what happens is everybody comes back to us and says, well, where's the whole thing? Or I want to see more. And this is going to give them that opportunity. It'll be every Thursday, a 30-minute show, and look forward to it. Alfredo stole my question. No, I'm just saying. No, no I want to – how much preparation and time do you put into that? Or is it just like kind of these things get put together and, and you'd like to go off the cuff and not really know that much about what you're going to do? The best part about it is to just sit down. The, the more we prepare, the more sort of – scripted it sounds yeah. you know so for us to be conversational and it to be fun and and odd interesting topics to actually come up uh we we just sit down and start and mike davis is in there with me matthew dillner a lot of people recognize matthew yeah. when they see him uh, matthew's been a huge uh you know, boost for the podcast he does a lot of the social media stuff that that people see now that we weren't doing before. He does all the video clips and so forth, but it's a you know it's it's just organic. We sit down and just start talking about what we've been up to, and uh, we all really like each other, so that helps. <laughs> so we enjoy. It's it's really a time we're catching up. What's going on? What's happening in everybody's think, life? Is Mike Davis going to have to start signing autographs because everyone's going to recognize him? And yeah, I mean he might he might have yeah. to start signing some autographs. He, you know, Matthew's real shy though. He doesn't like people knowing that he's the producer and all those things. So it's fun to rib him a little bit and give him a lot of credit uh, because I know it makes him uncomfortable. Yeah, did Mike have to get a new contract now after, now that it's going to TV land? This could be something coming down the pipe. So <laughs> if this thing does really well, I'm sure Mike's going to want to renegotiate his contract. What a his, great partner he's been for you for yeah. a lot of years. Though. Mike Davis has been with me since the Bud days, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, and he yep. worked, he was a, he started pretty much kind of as a PR guy. And we've worked together for a really, really long time. He is now my brand manager, and uh, he's very critical and does an amazing job. Yeah, you got to get him to get a little more comfortable there, as we can see. I know. We, we, looked like he was uptight sitting back yeah, in the couch. He's having a good time. I <laughs> like the, the when we have the Dale Jr. podcast, the download, your, your comfort, comfort pose you've got there. Oh, and yeah. And the, like, 
That might be when we go off the air tonight. Let's you, we'll all kick our feet up. Yeah, oh, that. Oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Oh, thanks. That's yeah. how Jeff Burton. I don't doing. usually roll up my pants like that. Like that. <laughs> and uh, yeah. it looks good though. You don't have that much room in the booth, though. I'll go ahead and tell you That's that true. now. So, no. Yeah. Certain ones we can think of. Yes. <laughs> Coming up on Wednesdays with Dale Jr., we're going to look ahead to the upcoming races on the Cup Series schedule and break down why they are anything but a summer vacation. <laughs> This day in NASCAR history takes us back to Father's Day 2010 at Sonoma. On that day, Jimmy Johnson was the beneficiary of race leader Marcus Ambrose's penalty for not maintaining speed under caution with just seven laps to go. Oh, it was heartbreaking. As a result, not for Jimmy Johnson it wasn't, because he assumed the race lead, never looked back as he scored his first Cup Series win on a road course. I remember uh, when I got hurt in 2016, I tried, I was like, I'll call Marcus Ambrose and he'll come from Australia and run, yeah. run the road course race that I need him to run. And they said, well, uh, he's not at the phone, but he, he'll be at the phone tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> and he called me back the next day and I uh, said, hey, uh, I got something to run by you. Why don't you come run in my car? And he goes, nope, I'm good. Not coming back. And I was like, okay. So it, it just made me, uh, I was really surprised by it. I thought he'd want to come do it. But he was like, no, nah, I'm good, man. I don't, I'm, I'm going to stay here. Apparently he's having, he got away. He's having he fun away. back in Australia. Yeah. In a way, too, you're like, I kind of like Marcus Ambrose even more. Like, what? Like, it's yeah. just kind of well, feel. It made me feel like, has he gone off the grid? Like, he's not at the <laughs> phone today? Like, what does that mean? So where we are, Marcus. Uh, yeah, I'm good to and hear that. And that was unforced, guy. That oh, was hard because he had done such a great oh, job yeah. up to that point to have that happen then. And you guys, for you guys racing at road know. courses, there's always like kooky, crazy stuff that happens. In fact, we have some examples. Their twists and turns at Sonoma <laughs> have produced some unexpected moments over the years. You knew we'd have some examples. 1991, uh, coming to the white flag. You remember this one, right? Ricky Rudd's yeah. on Davy Allison for the lead. I think that would be considered racing today. Would you you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah so a little they, surprising then. Didn't yeah. they? They black flagged, they black flagged him. Like, 30 seconds or something hey, that they put him back. Davey won the race. Can you yep. imagine that happening today? There's, yep, Davey won. Ricky got the black flag. Okay, so this one was eight years later. Turn, oh my gosh, turn oh. one. Such a hot spot. That's Steve Park. Sp spins into the tire barrier, flips in the air before landing right set up. And then later, Schrader. in the very, what, that's the very same spot, right? That's yes, Ken Schrader. Same spot. And you know that that's Kenny Schrader. So many people were in that car around that time, and I call myself a history player. I remember well, Schrader is. talking yeah. about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> His description was really fun. I'm sure. And who can forget Tony Stewart's final win of his career in 2016? Smoke won in a thrilling last lap battle with Denny Hamlin. Denny would want to run that one back again, having given, yeah. given Tony the bottom line in that corner, trying to prevent something like that from happening. Yeah, and it'd be easy to do, you know, because you, you don't want to not get into the corner far enough, but you're always looking in the mirror to yeah. see what's going to happen with that driver behind you. But yeah, you just never know. Yeah. That's why... We don't know what's going to happen Sunday. We're I know, get and we don't know what's going to happen after that because yeah. that's when NBC takes over. Sonoma sets up the summer for the Monster Energy Series over the next month. I mean, look at where, where all everyone's racing. I mean, they're going to hit the mile and a half of Chicagoland, go under the lights of Daytona and Kentucky, take on New Hampshire's flat mile track, the only stop at New Hampshire this year. And that sort of brings up, I mean, we can talk summer stretch. We can talk the changes in the schedule. I mean, yeah. we were saying for you guys, you get so regimented on knowing what races when? Think about the fact Chicagoland is in so what July, Indies in September. I mean, that's gonna throw everybody off. 
It is. Uh, it feels weird to be going to Chicago before Daytona, and Daytona's always kind of felt like the halfway point of the year. So this has got everybody a little uh, flustered to see how this is going to work out. But this is a really important time of the season for guys that are sitting around 10th to 20th in points. Yeah. There's a, this, is a, this is the run to the playoffs. And who, somebody's going to stumble. Somebody's going to steal a win or two. And somebody's going to perform really well and solidify their spot in the playoffs. And this is the part of the season when that happens. Yeah. I'm just glad that NBC made my plane reservations go to Chicago. I'd probably show up in Daytona. I still (laughs) keep thinking that we're going to Daytona first. But I will be in Chicago. But I think that this weekend, Daytona, we saw that graphic there. Eight of nine restrictor plate races, eight of the last nine, been won by Fords. So is there somebody in the Ford camp besides these guys, besides Boyer and, and Harvick that have certainly won uh, already? Can, can somebody else step up and, and get that? Is Ford going to continue that dominance? Because, you know, we saw Chase Elliott be really, really good in the Daytona 500. I think he might have had the best car and made a move that was a little questionable at that time right before the end of stage two. So can the Chevrolets get there and, and try to do something with that? So are we going to get a new winner there? And Loudon, you never know what in the world is going to happen there. I mean, with strategies and and all kinds of things. So, uh, And the one race, this is the, the one time you get to go there. I know Denny doesn't care for the lobsters, but I'm sure he'd love to go back to Victor Lane. Yeah, I think about, uh, you know, Pocono, Michigan. There's a lot of tracks in the summer that uh, are tracks where you feel like you're, you know, you're comfortable at and you can run fast at, uh, that you have success at. But you can you can stub your toe, you know, and this is the time in the season when a bad finish can, can really – you know, take you out of that playoff position. We don't, we don't have a lot of multiple winners, so there's going to be a really interesting battle for all those positions at the back of the playoff field. Yeah. And so, you know, some guys are going to start to perform and some guys are going to struggle to sort of ramp up that performance. And we're going to find out who's who are the players and who are the pretenders. Yeah, and finishing at a track with the final race before the playoffs at Indianapolis, right. just how incredible is that going to be? I mean arguably the most historic track anywhere, but with the racing. And, you know, there we get a lot of cars that are going to finish on the lead lap. If you have a problem, you know, a flat tire or get yourself a fender, even a fender bent in on on a tire or something like that, you you find yourself running in the top five to finishing outside the top 25, and that might be the difference in making the playoffs or not. And we don't know what package we're going to run in Indy. You know, we may be running an entirely new, you know, inexperienced package similar to what we saw Xfinity car running in Indy last year. Mm -hmm. That could be something the guys are dealing with in that final race. Yeah. You talked about Indy and Chicago. I mean, it's what? I mean, we said so hot right now in the Charlotte area. I know folks in the Midwest are burning up. You know, this summer stretch, you said this is kind of the time when a team really says, okay, this is my time to make it into those playoffs. But it's so hard on those those crew members, you guys as drivers. I mean, this is just the monthly average for these places, but we know Daytona is going to feel more like, what, 105. Yeah, that's one of the things that can can sort of – It's I don't think it translates well over – uh, to the public, how hot mm-hmm. it is throughout the all, throughout the weekend at the summer races. The humidity up in Michigan is yeah. is I mean it's 120, 130 inside the cars. The crews are dealing with it. This is during practice, during you know during the race. The crews are dealing with this heat of the car in in the garage during practice. If the car's not running well, the driver's got to bite his tongue. If he doesn't bite his tongue, he gets snappy at the team. The team gets frustrated. A team can literally unravel yeah. as the season goes. Me and Tony Jr. and Tony Sr. won six races in 2004 going into the playoffs, and we split up at the end of the year because we were yeah. so upset and mad at each other by the end of the season. Because, and 
the heat can do that. Yeah. The heat can really get to you during the summer months. If you're not running well, you're inside that car during practice, you can't get out to make it, you know, they're making a change, gonna send you back out, you're sweating, you're miserable, the car's not responding. If you say the wrong thing, I mean, it can set the tone for the entire weekend. You can struggle that weekend, then it sort of goes to the next weekend and just sort of dominoes start to fall. And it could be a, you know, for drivers that can handle that heat and handle that frustration when things aren't quite right, those guys will excel and not stub their toe, not make those mistakes going on into the playoffs. I had a conversation with your dad about that very thing we were talking about. I forget where we were, but it was, it was extremely hot. And I said, gosh, I love this when it gets so hot like this. And on Sundays, he... He looked at me like, what are you talking about? You love this. I said, yeah. I said, you're right. Half of these guys hate this. So right. I've got that half beat because, you know, I'm looking forward to this. I trained for this. He said, you're more crazy than I ever thought that you were. <laughs> I said, but, and this is coming from the toughest guy out there. But the one thing is, he wasn't going to say it, but he didn't care if it got hot because he knew that he had a lot of them beat. Toughest race driver I was ever around was your dad. And, but it was just a funny conversation that he basically said I was more crazy than he ever remembered or could think that I was because yep. I love the heat, but it was fun. But you're right. It can break things up. If things aren't going well, boy, it sends you in different directions. Oh, yeah. We get snappy with each other, just to let you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Does that I happen? Know, well, you're in an air-conditioned booth. Yeah. Where were you? Yeah, it, it Indy, we call, Indy was always a, it was a two-shirt race. That's right. You do one show, you need two shirts. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yep. But we're excited, though. We're excited for the summer stretch and to see what, I know. what happens. I, we're finally getting to where we're going to go to the racetrack and work. I know you guys do this every year, but you got to understand I'm so giddy. I can't. I, can't <laughs> I, I tell them over and over they're going to have to tether me to the floor in the booth because I'm going to be jumping around. Everything at your house has already been fixed. You fixed it all. You, fi you yeah, know, all the things yeah. were broken. Now we got to get you on the road. Maybe send me out the door. Yep. I've been working on too much. <laughs> well, Dale Jr. was no stranger to Victory Lane in his career, but does he remember some of the drivers he passed to get there? It's game on when Wednesdays with Dale Jr. returns. That's the word he used. This summer, Dale Earnhardt Jr. joins the NBC NASCAR broadcast team. It all starts July 1st, live from Chicagoland. That's just 11 days away. Same Dale, new view. Dale Jr. has a pair of wins at Michigan. Who finished second in those races? Do you guys know? I do. You, are you sure you know? I feel pretty confident it's Casey Kane in 2008 and Tony Stewart in 2012. Ooh, let's, let's see. Yes, yes, sir, that's correct. That's one of those things like, if I said, give me the lyrics to this song, you couldn't do it. But if, if a song in your phone, you might not be able to do it, write it down. But if I played it on the radio or you're riding around in your car, you could sing it word for word. So that's kind of how you retain some of that information. You know, I don't know if I could write it down on a sheet of paper, everybody that ran second in every win. But if I watched a clip of the race, it would spur that knowledge. I'm, I'm going to yeah. guess 75%. If, you, if we showed you like a four-second clip of each I could do win. every one. If I get four seconds of every win, I could do... I could probably do 100%. Wow. Ah, I called a shot. That Careful was two weeks for. ago. Yeah. yeah. Junior got the trivia right, so we thought we'd put him to the test. Okay, we're going to show you a short clip. You're actually going to get, I think, about seven seconds okay. to see if it jogs your memory. We're calling this, Who Did Junior Pass for the Win? Okay. Oh, who did I pass for the win? Who did you okay. pass for the win? This is Watkins Glen Xfinity Series, Watkins Glen 1999. Wow. Yeah, I'd have got that. Oh. <laughs> You just knew right away. You knew when I said, I mean, as soon as you saw the track. Yeah. So, okay. Did yeah. you? I just knew. I think, I'm pretty sure I knew that car from behind. It's oh, behind. Car behind. Okay. Yeah. 
But that had to be cool. You beat Ron Fellows. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the, the funny part about it was Ron was having some problems. He's unbeatable with the road courses mm -hmm. at this particular time. He's a ringer, driving for Joe Nemechek, which is an amazing car. Ron was having some issues with his fuel pickup, and I, my car was popping out of gear. And so I was holding my car, driving with one hand, and he was, uh, you know, but he was still having his issues. His issues were worse than mine, and that's the reason why we were able to get by him. I give him a hard time all the time that I drove him, but he's yeah. actually way down on power. But uh, still, we won that race, and I, that's my only road course win. Yeah. My Cup and Xfinity crew. Impressive. All right, he got one right. You get a ham sandwich, by the way. That's what you win oh, for that one. Nice. We're going to go 2004 night race at Bristol. Do you Bristol. Even Gosh, who did we pass? Because we led a lot. Dun, dun, dun. We led a lot. Who is it? Uh, um, I'm going to guess that it's Kurt Busch. But I don't think it's right. Oh, yeah. the buzzer. I don't what remember. It is. I don't we remember led. Who it was. Oh, who's that? Uh, is that Jeff Green? Jeff Burton. Jeff Burton. Jeff Burton. Oh, Jeff Burton. With 85 laps to go. Wow. We led a lot of laps that night. So I could, I mean, it was. Yeah, 85 to go. Mm -hmm. If it was later in the race, I might have been able to remember that pass, but I thought we led the whole thing in my mind. Yeah, you're just passing cars there. You're yeah. not even sure yeah. who you're well, passing. That's that night, we, oh my gosh. Yeah. we yeah. lapped up to sixth place Wow. at Bristol. Yeah. There was a green flag pit stop, I believe, in that race. Good. Hmm. Yeah. When you guys watch this too, like you watch back a race, it's funny how you guys will remember such specific yeah. things. You know what lap something happened. I remember taking the shocks off my cup car on Friday and putting them on the Xfinity car, and the Xfinity car won on Saturday night and drove just as good as the cup car did on Sunday, Saturday, or whichever night it was. Yeah. Friday, huh. yeah. Friday night, Saturday Yeah, that was night. one of those places. There were a few places that you could run the Xfinity car yeah. and get, get things that would actually work. In shocks or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yep. Sure could. In 04, they didn't have the guy with the toga in Victory Lane at Bristol, though. No. no, save that for later on. They get, you guys get, you get the sword now the and a guy. Yeah. yeah, it's a whole yeah. nother. That's yeah, a whole nother topic. We're going to clue you in, though. Whole I don't know. <laughs> okay. Two thousand, or we, we want time for one more, right? So, the, again, who did Junior pass for the win in 2016? Oh, man. Xfinity um, Series at Richmond. It was a, uh, I think it was a Gibbs car. Gosh. Okay. Um, what? No? If I, I'm going to give you a really easy hint. He, he drives for you now. Oh, was it, yeah. um, Justin? Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. It wasn't a Gibbs Justin. car. It was a home car. <laughs> I know Justin almost ran me down in that race. Uh, we passed him at one point earlier in the event, and then I'm thinking, man, I got this car. You know, I'm doing great. Uh, but then he started running me down. This We had we had such a great package at uh, – you see this whole crash here happening. Yeah. But we had such a great package at um, Richmond with the Xfinity cars, and they changed the tire a couple years ago, and we just mm -hmm. kind of quite got there, got back. But um, – we had. That's why I kept running Richmond when I drive. When they say, "What race do you want to run in Xfinity for for your own team?" I go, well, "Richmond. That's where y'all yeah. run so good." So you had it figured out Sunday yeah. in Iowa. Yeah, did a great they job did. there. Yeah. yeah, they did an awesome job. Real proud. Yeah, I thought Justin. You know, talking about speaking of Iowa, I thought he drove such a great race. Oh, he did. You know, he had a Chris, lot of pressure. Christopher right Bell. On there. Yeah, was is such a talented driver, and he had the faster car. Yeah, but Justin never gave up. Yeah, you know, he never. Was I think experience one. I'm not sure that five or six years ago that Justin would that Justin would have won that race. Yeah, uh, but I think he'd have run the tires off of it, and not knowing exactly what to do. Maybe what so. a great race he did! I thought he did a great job. Yeah. And so similar in terms of the Cup Series, you know, that there's not a lot of winners. The Xfinity Series, you know, it's you know, I yeah. know Kyle Busch comes in and wins races, but you know, Justin yeah. has a couple wins, and it's one of those things where if a guy can get a win, yeah. you know, it's really a lot of opportunities there. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we have to defend you because we didn't tell you it was going to be Xfinity Series racing. I, so I, I should have known you. that one. But because it's the most recent, 
I thought you were going to throw up a couple different ones. I, I thought you were going to throw up the night race at Richmond, I think, in, uh, or, yeah, Richmond, 2000, in, in 2000. 2000. Where I passed my dad to win. Okay. I thought oh, you'd yeah. throw one of them in there to try to trick me. But, uh, Is that how you would take a test? Like in school, would you be thinking, like, oh, I got to take this test they're going to try to do? I figured like, you, got, you guys have always been kind of sneaky, so I figured that y'all would try to do something kind of shady and tricky. Mm. Yeah, we're shady. Yeah. Like, sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up, Ryan Blaney has a lot going for him these days. A great ride with Team Penske, a popular podcast. But does he have good fortune at the airport? That is so random. We're going to answer that when NASCAR America returns. Don't forget, tomorrow, the Dale Jr. Download makes its television debut in full right here on NBCSN. Catch it at 5.30 Eastern, right after NASCAR America. Okay, time to make a social pit stop. Last night, Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell battled it out. This is Sharon Speedway during night five of Ohio Sprint Speedway. Larson's in the 57, had the lead, ran into lap traffic with four to go. That allows Bell in the 11 to take the point, go on to the victory after the race bell posted on social media hell yeah anytime you go head to head with kyle larson you better be on it on to atomic speedway tomorrow which will be tonight they just keep racing yeah those, you know kyle will get on social yeah. media and be like i'm gonna run five nights in a row this is the greatest <laughs> thing ever and uh so you here you see jeff burton i know recently jeff, engaged yeah. jeff broke this news yesterday on the show uh, this is his uh, longtime girlfriend brandy newcomb they got engaged down in the u.s virgin islands so congratulations i thought that was like norman huh <laughs> Would have been a little cheaper. Yeah. Uh, lots of drivers used the off weekend for a getaway. Ryan Blaney vacationed in Ireland with his buddy Chase Elliott. Now, getting over there uh, was fine. Coming home, a different story. Blaney used social media to detail his travel woes. I mean, he puts it all out there. Um, he's at the wrong airport, um, no luggage. Dale Jr. then got in on the conversation looking for an update. So what is the update on Blaney's I luggage? I haven't got an update yet, so I don't know if Blaney's home and I don't know where the luggage is. I've had the same issue with with my luggage, not with me. I made it, I went on my honeymoon, was going to Hawaii, and my luggage ended up in Alaska. But it ended up eventually, I went on social media and tweeted that I was having issues, and the airline got in touch with me, fixed it, and I saw where Delta talked to Ryan yeah. on, uh, on social media, and he's like, oh, I'm fine, don't worry about it. <laughs> or nothing you can do to help me, you know. <laughs> but apparently he's having a good time kind of, you know, jumping around the globe wherever he's at. I'm sure he usually has can find a good well, thing out of anything that's going on. He does. So you were going to Hawaii. Your luggage ended up in Alaska. Complete, you would pack completely different. Whoever opens that suitcase oh, yeah, in Alaska yeah, yeah. is like, this is not in the right place. Yeah. For the first few days I was living out of the guest, uh, the uh, the gift shop. But, um, yeah, Ryan's – I knew if I know Ryan, he was – he, he wouldn't even stay in the airport if he was if he was stuck in these different airports yeah. all over the country. He was out of the airport, touring the city, going into you know local bars and meeting meeting locals and having fun. I have so my luggage got lost on the way to a truck race in Milwaukee, and I think it's still out there. Like I don't remember. Oh, yeah. oh you never no, got it back? No, no, I don't think I ever got it back. But it was just I mean you know it was a short weekend, but I had to go to Walmart, and so my my pre race outfit was courtesy of Walmart. Wow, I would really be annoyed <laughs> if I never got it back. Yeah, I don't know if I ever. I just I'm sure I did, but I just don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, it never. It definitely never ended up in Milwaukee. Wow. Uh, yeah. Huh. Yeah, I, you know, I know they have a tough job in doing and making all of this happen as we travel around the country. But you know, you, all that you ever hear most of the time are the bad side of yeah. the stories, and there's yeah. so many. You know, the, the percentage of things getting there on time and yeah. in the right place is pretty high. But I love uh, flying commercial, and 
uh, I've done it quite a bit over the last couple of years for, for various reasons, but once you get like up there to check in and you do give them that bag, there's yeah. that anxiety that goes over <laughs> you. They're like, am I going to see this bag? Do you really you love flying commercial? Well, yeah, now, because I don't do it that much. So when I do it, it's kind of like the, the dang airports these days are incredible. They're like uh, a mall, you yeah. know, so you just go, you know, you, sh- you get there early, you know, and have mm-hmm. fun. Um, Amy hates it. But uh, when I give them, after my experience on my honeymoon, now when I hand them the luggage, I'm like, gosh. I, and I, every, you get down there to the luggage rack, and they start spinning, and everybody's pulling their stuff <laughs> off, and you're like, I don't see mine. Is this happening yeah. again? Yeah. 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 Wait till I have all of that stuff that means the most in your carry-on. That's the, the well, ticket it, there. Having that suitcase, yeah. what well, you know you can do without and, and can be easily replaced. But I'm like you, I think... You know, I wasn't sure, you know, because we've been so fortunate whenever you're driving, you you know, you got a plane and you don't deal with that a whole lot. Sometimes you did, but I like going to the airport. I remember a few years ago, and it's probably a couple of years before Jeff Gordon was retiring anyway, going, I think we're going to Texas. And uh, uh, I look over there, and Jeff Gordon is checking in for his flight, too. And, and our flight was actually delayed a little bit. And uh, he said, let's go have a beer. And we went over, sit and have, I said, how cool is this? And the airport, sit and, a few people came over to take pictures of him and, which was fine, but you know, we drank a couple beers before we were ready to take off. So. Oh yeah. I was thinking, wait till you fly with Isla, with all the stuff we oh, have yeah. to take. Of, Just yeah. going to the grocery store is tough. Yeah, I can imagine it's you. not not going to be that easy. <laughs> we're going to wrap up this Wednesday with Dale Jr. by asking him your questions next. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection, proven protection for twenty thousand miles. If you're headed to the movies this weekend, the movie event of the summer is Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Oh, I thought that dinosaur was going to yell. I thought he was going to, like, say, <laughs> I was waiting for it. Sorry, with Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard in theaters this Friday. And as long as we're talking dinosaurs, let's take a look at our home track for today. This is Dinosaur Down Speedway. It's in Drumheller, Alberta, Canada. The track's name is a nod to the many dinosaur fossils that have been found in the area. That's cool. Originally built for rodeo. The track has run full racing season since 2010. Among the highlights each year is a Model T race that will be part of the track's Canada Day weekend celebrations on June 30th and July 1st. Very awesome. cool, yeah. All right, you ready for some fan questions? Absolutely. All right, first one comes to us from, you like this, Buddy Loves Mommy. Yeah, so Buddy Love is, uh, I used to have a cat named Buddy Love back in the day. So around the circuit that's you. I don't know if there's any connection to yeah. this person. But. All right. The question could be for either of you. What's, where's the best place to see fireworks in Daytona? From the track. You guys never leave the Whoever track. Whoever wins <laughs> the race, all those fireworks going off on mm-hmm. the back straightaway, I mean, that's the best show of the night. Yeah. And if you're down there on July 4th, which I think is Wednesday, Wednesday. yeah, if you're down there early, uh, out at the pier, you know, anywhere along the beach, that's mm-hmm. a great yeah. fireworks show. Okay. You guys didn't realize that you worked for the tourism department, did you? That's right. Yes. Uh, is there, so this is from Steve Weber. Is there, this is a good one. Is there something a reporter did or asked you as a driver that you now can't wait to do or ask a driver now that you're on the other side? That's a, you know, that's, that's a, it's a good question. I have, all, I mean, obviously I've thought about how weird it's going to be for me to interview a driver, especially just so recently getting out of, getting out of being competitors with these guys. And so I'm excited about an opportunity when NBC comes to me and says, hey, Friday morning, we're going to sit you down at such and such as motorboat, motor coach, and y'all are going to, you know, you're going to interview them about X, Y, or Z. Um, that's going to be weird, sitting across from them. you're excited about it. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I want to get good at it. So, 
you know, what, how was that for you when you got out of the car? Yeah. You're not racing anymore, but then now you're talking to these guys that you went to war with, you yeah. know, against. Yeah. You know, was that strange? It's a little different because of the things that you have to, in getting prepared to do that, the things that you have to know about them. Right. You know, there are things about drivers I didn't have any idea, you know. Their, their kids, their names, and things. It depends on what, which way, which How direction they... it's going. But it's good yeah. because it becomes a, more of a conversation than an interview, which is always a lot yeah. better, and you'll find that because, you know, most of them are your friends. Most Were, of them. Did they give you a hard time, though? A few of them, right. you know. That's what I'm worried about, I guess. Yeah. You'll be great. You'll be fine. Uh, this one comes from William. Can, Dale, can we please get you, Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, in the truck race this fall at Bristol or Martinsville? Truck race. Probably I would not pick Bristol to run a truck race. <laughs> I, not that I don't like Bristol, but I've always loved Martinsville, and the truck race at Martinsville would probably be the one that I would be most excited about running to if I was to run a truck. No plans to run a truck. But um, I wouldn't would mind running. Good. Yeah, I wouldn't mind running a truck race yeah. once. Yeah. Just to say, hey, I'm buying a ticket to see like, you get three of y'all in that. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. Martinsville, man, that's where yeah. it's at. Jeff Gordon loves Martinsville, so yeah. I know he'd been he'd been for that. How's the? Uh, this is from. Uh, how's the house coming along in the Keys? And what would be a great housewarming gift? Um, you know, anything beachy. I don't know. You know, it's it's, it's down <laughs> in the Keys, so anything light and beachy. But um, the house is done, and the show is on the TV. And it's a DIY show every Saturday at 9 o'clock. Um, this is the last week to watch it. This is our last episode. So it was a lot of fun to build this house. Um, it's finished. I'm just glad. I'm one and done. I'm not going to do okay. any more renovation shows. I think Amy's okay <laughs> with that, too. Um, it's, it was hot and tough and hard work. It is work. Yeah. Can't oh, imagine that. Yeah. That's cool. I want to get into that. So. Can you guys believe it's already been an hour? <laughs> has been an hour. Yeah. It's been an hour, so we're all done. Things, yeah. I know. That's going to do it for today's show. For all of your latest news, go to NBCSports.com slash NASCAR. We're back tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern, followed by the premiere of the Dale Jr. Download TV show at 5.30 Eastern. Have a great night. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.